Hello, welcome back to the Life Runners podcast. I hope you all are having a great week so far. Um, there was an interesting article that was released by the New York Times about um, where watch movements and watch parts are manufactured, and it really spurred on a conversation about what Swiss made really means. I know this is something that a lot of people have been talking about um, for a number of years now, but I thought this was an interesting article and it gave some pretty interesting perspectives as well as kind of touching on the whole upcycle movement that a lot of these watch um, watch manufacturers have started to, to go through. So we will be talking about the New York Times article called Cracking the Watch Industry's Code of Silence. Um, we'll also just um, briefly talk about the Geneva Watch Auction, which is hosted by Philips, which is going to be taking place very, very soon. And so I'll give you um, a little sneak peek on that. And I'm also planning on doing a, a full podcast um, next week about this Geneva watch auction that's going to take place. So stay tuned for that. Um, but getting back into the New York Times article that was published, um, this was published on the 12th of April. And it kind of, um, like I said, it was titled Cracking the Watch Industry's Code of Silence. Um, the Like the kind of High-level description of this is, you know, growing pressure for accountability has convinced a few brands that it's time to reveal where they obtain some of their raw materials. Will more follow? Um, this article dives into um, some of the the topics about what Swiss made really means. If you aren't really familiar with this, um, on many watches, um, watch companies are able to print something called Swiss made on the dial of their watch, which basically says that this watch was created in Switzerland. Um, Swiss law dictates that at least 60% of the manufacturing costs of a product must be incurred in the country from where that label comes from. So that means 60% of the watch has to be manufactured <clears throat> inside of Switzerland, which leaves a 40% of the, the watch's costs to be, uh, to, to be in other countries. And a lot of the times, a lot of components are manufactured in China because it is um, cheaper to manufacture there, especially when you're doing bulk um, manufacturing and so um, there have been some some pretty pretty interesting um, movements uh, by uh, by companies to try and manufacture watches uh, in Switzerland I think most notably uh, the Swiss made uh, watch from H Moser where the watch is actually made out of uh, Swiss cheese and there's a really funny advertisement that they uh, produced where they were basically making fun of the fact that their watch is completely made within Switzerland really drums home the fact that there are some Swiss watch companies that really don't uh, manufacture the majority of their, their watch in, in Switzerland. I always found that 60% rule quite interesting. Um, you know, I think this whole Swiss made concept is really a marketing, um, a marketing strategy that a lot of these companies use. And this article kind of describes that, that a little bit more where people have kind of started to use that whole Swiss made, um, term as a way to say oh this is a swiss watch you're going to get exceptionally high quality all of it's you know made in switzerland um which um you know I, I, there was an interesting um comment from the bulgari ceo jean-christophe babin um who kind of <laughs> described you know <clears throat> there are some watches out there that are 500 swiss francs and they claim to be swiss made uh, mechanical movements but it he knows after 20 years of being in the watch industry that it's almost impossible to manufacture a watch, manufacture and sell a watch for 500 Swiss francs if it's completely made within Switzerland. Um, just based on his experience, he kind of touched on that. I think this whole concept is quite quite interesting. I, um, I'm not going to argue with Swiss law. I do think that maybe 60% is quite 
quite low. Um, you're, you're basically saying that just over half of the watch is manufactured in Switzerland, so we can say it's Swiss made. Um, it might be nice to kind of increase that a little bit so that um, you know it, it doesn't it doesn't taint um, you know what uh, what what Swiss made really means um, to people who are actually looking looking to uh, purchase a Swiss made uh, Swiss made watch. Um, I think this is a common thing that people are talking about. So there's a lot of content out there where people talk about this whole whole concept of Swiss made and what what that really what that really means. Um, but I think what you're actually seeing is because there's been such a a, a boom in in uh, watchmaking over the last five, ten, fifteen years, and this whole expansion of all these different brands, more and more these Swiss made watches really uh, being almost completely um, manufactured in other countries, especially in Asia, because cost of labor is cheaper there and it's easy to kind of mass produce things. And so um, I think we're slowly seeing that shift. Now, I, I would say over the last year, maybe two years, we can actually see a little bit of consolidation. I think recessions and, 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 and the pandemic has really seen a lot of these Swiss companies either close their doors because um, they're unable to continue to operate. Um, but I also think it kind of like hones the the enthusiasts, um, you know, the the enthusiasts taste to things that really, really are meaningful and are, are, are of the utmost quality. And so um, perhaps we'll see uh, some more contraction there. Another thing that is uh, mentioned in this in this article is um, the use of recycled material in creating their in, in, in creating watch uh, watches. They mentioned that uh, watches and wonders um, began on April 7th and there were some companies who released some really interesting recycle, uh, reused raw material watches. One of them that they mentioned was the Panerai Submersible eLab ID. The other one that they mentioned um, in this article was the Ulysinarda upcycle watch which is made out of diver net, um, divers nets and then the, the, the Panerai was made out of um, uh, uh, recycled silicon um, and recycled titanium alloy, which they've kind of coined as eco-titanium. Um, I thought this was a really interesting thing that, that watch companies are doing. I think there's obviously a push by many brands, and many just e-commerce and, 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 and companies just in general to really make sure that they're limiting their, their, you know, their footprint on, on, on this earth. Um, these watches are, you know, the, the um, Panerai, I believe, is a limited edition of the 30 pieces. I want it want to say the Ulysinarda is also a limited um, limited run of watches but I think what you're seeing is that um, you know the 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 um, carbon footprint that watch companies are, are making are becoming way way more important and this is another example of watch companies trying to show the world this is where our our um, materials come from you know I think there was a real big push by a lot of uh, brands to say this is where all of our components are manufactured Mo majority of them are in, in Switzerland and now um, there's a there's a little bit of a trend going on where people where watch manufacturers are saying this is where our watch watch uh, materials are, are uh, you know where our watch materials come from look how many how many of our parts are actually from recycled material um, you know, one could say that this is a, a, another marketing strategy for them. Um, I'm going to err on the side that this has to do with uh, companies uh, companies wanting to be more sustainable um, 
and 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 uh, really save the the planet from from all the harm that we've done to it in the past. I think a really great example of that is um, IWC actually released a sustainability report where they basically um, published um, all of their um, sustainability efforts and what their com company was doing in order to to try and reduce their their carbon footprint. And I think that's something that a lot of companies are doing, and I. I'm really proud of um, kind of recent generations who have made that be a really important part of of, uh, of any company that you're looking to buy a product from. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm really into gr uh, green energy and, and reusable um, re reusable sources, and I think it's really nice to see that watch watchmakers and watch uh, companies are also doing that. It was a little bit sad, um, you know. There was a vote. Um, in Switzerland to um, basically say that all Swiss companies have to conduct due diligence on human right and environmental risks um, for their own supply chains that was um, rejected by Swiss voters, um, which I think would have opened it up to a, a broader audience and obviously, you know, Swiss watch manufacturers would have been, would have been similar. Um, however, you know they voted voted against it. But I think if if watch brands like IWC, Ulysse Narda, and um, and Panerai are, are are starting to do that, I guess Panerai isn't, isn't you know. But um, if if more watch companies are doing that, it might be a little bit more prevalent and almost like a prereq prerequisite for more Swiss companies to to do so. So I thought this was a really interesting article. I'll put a link in the show notes to this article so you can check it out. Um, I thought it was really well, well written and, and really gave some really interesting insight into some of the watches that watch companies who are, who are trying to, you know, keep the Swiss, na Swiss made as, as not just a marketing strategy, but a, a true manufacturing staple. And then also, um, and also the, the use of reusables in, in, in some of their, their watches. The last thing I want to talk about is the Geneva Watch Auction, which is taking place um, next month. It is May 8th to 9th, uh, 2021 in Geneva, and there's some really amazing lots in, 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 this, uh, in their lineup. There's 236 lots. What I'm going to do is next week, I'm going to go through some of the watches that I think really stood out to me from, 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 this, uh, from this auction. Um, and uh, kind of give you what what I think is gonna is gonna happen. There's if they literally have everything you can imagine. I'm just scrolling through here. You can see some, uh, you know, lot number one is a Rolex Sea Dweller Deep Sea, but then they have Daytonas and some Patek Philippe complicated pieces, Roger Dubuis, uh, FP Jorns, um, some Alangen Zuna, some some Zenith chronographs. Then you get into this really interesting Cartier um, Agoche. Um, which is the jump hour uh, complication for theirs. They had a, lo a lot of Cartier watches, I will say that. Then they had some really awesome perpetual calendars from Audemars Piggy. Um, the list kind of, uh, you know, keeps going on and on, and there's some really, really beautiful watches. So um, I'm probably going to create a video where I discuss some of these as well, kind of my favorite lots, um, and I'm so excited to, to tune in. I won't be in Geneva for this, unfortunately, but obviously I will be watching um, you know, I'm just continuing to scroll while I kind of speak. Um, there's a 5270R, um, lot number 62, that, that's, that's up for auction. Probably one of the most desirable Patek Philippe's uh, out there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited to watch this um, and, and see what, what, kind of, um, what kind of goes on. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff on Instagram, which, which was pretty, pretty interesting. To note, there is a Swiss Air 
Longines reference 6630. This was a watch that was featured on talking watches. Um, uh, and um, I'm not sure if this is the one that belonged to uh, belonged to um, what is his name? I'm, I'm now now blanking on um, who owned this watch, but this, uh, there's a Swiss Air, uh, you know, watch that looks like a pocket watch conversion, um, and it belonged to uh, Alfredo Permico um, is is who I was who I was thinking of, um, but it has that 24-hour display, which is pretty interesting. Um, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. You know, the, the list really goes on with the the types of watches that you're gonna you're gonna see at this auction. Um, you know, I'm only at lot a hundred, and there's like I said, there's um, there's uh, I think over 300, 300 lots in this auction. So um, I will go through this list and and curate uh, kind of my my top my top punching watches, which is um, difficult to, to to do, especially with the the variety here. It's it's. Definitely a unique, unique list of watches. Um, I really love this time of year. This is really when auction houses uh, start to start to ramp up, um, and and it gets very, very exciting for kind of the vintage watch enthusiast. I think I've I've really focused a lot on modern watches with watches and wonders coming out. Um, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of new models have come out. So a lot of our content has been really focused on. Kind of the modern side of of things and uh, i'm glad that you know the vintage watch um, side of life on the wrist will come back so stay tuned for that i'll have a have an uh, an episode next tuesday where we'll talk about um the geneva watch auctions and kind of my picks from there if you are not new to the life on the wrist podcast be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't checked us out on our some of our other social medias be sure to check us out on on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Our main platform is obviously our website, lifefromtherisk.com, but we we post a blog, uh, you know, we post articles Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of every week. Um, and each each article is accompanied by a YouTube video. So if you haven't checked us out on YouTube, be sure to hit us up and subscribe to our channel over on YouTube. Um, if you wouldn't mind rating this podcast, that really would help us out and sharing it with some of your watch enthusiast friends. That would be great. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and until next time.